Thanks for listening to the Shellheads Podcast. This episode is all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, the Archie comic from the late 80s, early 90s. This is the second time we've talked about this, and we finally get into some of the original stories written specifically for that series. Let's jump right in because we got a lot to cover. Enjoy! to a brand new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. I am your host, Sergio Lugo. I'm here with your host, Jeff Hubbard. Hubbard. Oh, oh, oh. mystery oh. reveal. Special episode, everybody. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're, we're still fresh off the high of last episode. Oh, Lord. Uh, that, that was the, the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, and so good. While it still is not out on disc, so we don't have it in our hands. God. When's it come out? Uh, like in June. June something? <sighs> beginning of June. Like June 4th, I think. I need it. We're almost there. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to dig back into the archives uh, and talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. Again, we've talked about it before, and the the previous time we talked about it, we kind of cheated, because the first seven issues are all based on the cartoon. Yeah. So we could reference the cartoon and be like, oh, they did it like this in the comic, and like this in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really excited to get past all of that, and get to this episode, because this episode is where we actually dive into the meat and potatoes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, and that is the original story is written by Ryan Brown and Dean Claren. We'll get into all of that a little bit later, but the, the, this this run is very synonymous with late 80s, early 90s Ninja Turtles, and it's kind of a cornerstone of that era, of the, of the first phase of Ninja Turtle fandom, or Ninja Turtle lore, uh, and, and more importantly... Jeff hasn't read all of them. I have not. So I really wanted to get into something that I have a fondness for and something Jeff has no knowledge, no real, you know, knowledge on uh, and just talk through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're our age, which is between the age of, let's say, 30 and 45, you know, prime Ninja Turtle age or prime old original Ninja Turtle age. You probably have had some sort of encounter with these comic books at some point. You may have owned one. You may have seen some at a, you know, at a grocery store. You may have seen some at a, at a, at a flea market later in life. Hell, you may own a, the whole run of them. They were, they were incredibly popular. A lot of the early issues had several different printings. So the previous time we talked about this was literally just me getting those out of the way so we could hit the ground running with what matters, and that's these. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, so without further ado... Let's jump in. We're going to go through uh, issues, what is this, issues 5? Yeah, issues 5 through 12, which is about, what, 7, 8 issues? Yeah. And, and if you sit down and read them, they, they're a pretty quick read. You know, they're not too word-heavy. Uh, the, sto- the stories don't go very deep. But they're, they're a joyful little entertaining run. A lot of them are even, the, the, the stories kind of weave into one another, and we'll get into that as well. 
Uh, Jeff, what did you think? So being new to it, what did you think? Well, I would say new, but like I had issues growing up. Do tell. (laughs) (laughs) Not those issues. Um, I had single issues here and there, but so some of it was, was, was familiar. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I remember reading this. I was like, Oh wow. You know? And so it's, um, I've enjoyed this a lot more uh, than I uh, than I remembered. Really enjoyed a lot of the cover art too. Uh, it's funny that you say you enjoyed the cover art uh, because I believe all of the covers, or at least the ones that we read this time, I believe all the covers were done by Eastman and Laird. Hmm. I could be wrong. I'm looking for citations as to who did them, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was Eastman and Laird. Yeah, they're not they're not credited here at all. In any of these books, yeah, it's like the cover of nine. Number, cover of nine, it says Laird and Eastman in the top, bottom left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's really the the main thing that they contributed to it. Because uh, as 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 we, as we said in the in the in the previous episode where we talked about these, these books went from being a companion book to the TV series to being kind of a Skunk Works second Mirage production that came from Mirage artists and Mirage writers. Dean Claren, like that name, like that person doesn't exist. Like Dean Claren is just a pen name for Stephen Murphy. Ooh. Yeah. I did not know that. So the, the majority that's a, of... It's a nugget. It's a nugget, right? Yeah. Uh, the majority of these stories, like this whole run that we're going to talk about today was written by Dean Claren and Ryan Brown. Uh, a lot of Stephen Murphy's personality is seen throughout the run here. Uh, and, and we're going to go ahead and just jump into the first book, and that is number five. This is the one where they introduce Man Ray, or Ray Filet, or however you want to say his name. I don't recall. You're more familiar with the television show. Was Ray Filet or Man Ray ever in the cartoon? I don't recall ever seeing him in the show. Yeah, I don't think he was. But he was one of the original mutanimals. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. He's also in... He's also featured prominently in the IDW run, and there was a an action figure. And he was in a video game. And, he, yes, he was in a video game for no reason. Yeah. So, so, even though these books seem like a side weird story, like, tangible things came from them. Yeah. You know, like the Ray Filet character is in a lot of stuff. Uh, And you can see up front, almost from the very beginning page, probably the second page of that book, Stephen Murphy and Ryan Brown really wanted to talk about conservation-style stuff. Oh, yeah. They were really big into stopping pollution and, you know, addressing global warming. Stuff that is still an issue today. And this is back in 1989. 80, 88? 80, 89. 89. This first book was published in October of 89. Yeah. So, <laughs> some would say they were way ahead of the curve. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to try to address any, 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 any kind of scientific stuff. All I'm going to say is, those two dudes, that, that was kind of their deal. And it came up several times in these first eight books. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about this first one? Well, you can definitely t- feel the presence of the cartoon, mm-hmm. you know, in it, and I like that. Um, it, into the mic, into the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can definitely feel the presence of the cartoon in it, and I really enjoyed that. 
um, <laughs> we get the disguises again, which I'm always happy to see. Yep. The devils yep. in disguise. The tone for me for like Shredder and Krang seemed to be a little more not as bungling, stupid, goofy as it became in the cartoon. Right. Which I was like, ooh, hey. Yeah. You know. I, 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 I like that they it kind of touched on the day-to-day uh, workings of hanging out with Krang and, and Shredder. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't go too far into detail, but, but they, they did make it, it... The characters of Shredder, Krang, and Bebop and Rocksteady were a lot more grounded than they were in the TV show. Yeah, they were just like, you know, oh, these two are stupid, so they're the comic relief. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit, there's a mixture of that Yep. in those. And obviously, mutants are a thing in, in the Ninja Turtle lore. That, that's that's no secret. Um, but in this first issue, it's about Man Ray. Yeah. Like, he he saves the turtles, he keeps the city from being blown up. Like, he keeps the Statue of Liberty from being blown up. Huzzah. The turtles don't really do much. They don't. No. No, they, they, they don't. There's not really a fight scene with the turtles. Uh, they just kind of trap uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, and boom, Ray Filet gets the victory. He gets the W, and then we you know roll into the next episode. Yeah, kind of like assist trophies. Yeah, go. the turtles are just a big assist trophy in this. Yeah. Which is cool, you know? But that's kind of... I'm actually going to say that. That's kind of the theme of this run of issues mm-hmm. is the turtles just kind of stumbling backwards into new characters every single issue and dealing with those characters who in turn are the main character of the book. That's at least that's how I, you know, interpreted the the run. Right. I I'm saying this I'm probably getting ahead of myself. I almost feel like Shredder and Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady Almost felt shoehorned into the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, they are. They're included in basically every issue. Almost in every issue, in some way or another. Yeah. Even when it doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. for them or to be there, or they're mentioned, or you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so moving on to the next next issue, and this one I have real questions about. Uh, because, again, you're much more familiar with the TV show. I'm going to be more familiar with the TV show when I watch everything again for this, this silly podcast we're doing. It's, yeah. like I, Well, I'm, I'm more fresh with the first two seasons. <laughs> and then, because like, at, at one point when I got all of them, I just, I just sat down and just marathoned the crap out of them. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, have it on in the background or whatever. So I haven't really revisited those yeah, yeah. Um, as much. Uh, the reason I mi- the reason I bring that up is because the next issue includes Leatherhead, and we know Leatherhead from the Mirage Run. He was kind of a big deal <laughs> in the Mirage Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an even bigger deal in the 4K or in the, the what's it 2K3 series. He was also a big deal in the Nickelodeon show. Mm-hmm. So like like Leatherhead has a, a legit tie to the origins of the turtles. Yeah. And the version of Leatherhead that was in the comics and the television show is completely different. In the in this run of comics and the television show are completely different. Mm-hmm. He's Cajun. 
Well, yeah, why not? But why? But I guess because he's a gator. Yeah, he kind of needs a you know a, sh- a shtick or a, a thing. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what his origin was in the cart in, in the cartoon? I don't. I, I don't either. I just know he was voiced by Jim Cummings. Oh, that that's was, of course that's the thing you remember. Yeah, because that he's that he's got that quintessential Cajun, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, voice for those you know for that character. Here we go, Jeff. Let's talk about that real quick. In the '87 series, Leatherhead is an enemy of the Turtles who fought them on several different occasions. He started off as a giant gator until he swam through a mutagen polluted, uh, let's see, a mutagen polluted part of the swamp where he mutated to his current humanoid form. So that is absolutely not how it happened in this comic book. No. So I am, I am to assume that this was written before that episode came out? Probably. Yeah, he would have to be, because season two, which we've already watched, yeah. overlapped with this. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's... That's what it was. So Leatherhead is still a Cajun kid in 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 this, but he wasn't mutated by mutagen. He was mutated by a crystal ball, crystal ball looking thing that was being that was wielded by basically a witch named Mary Bones. Yeah, and the sw- or a swamp hag, a swamp hag. That's yeah. hey, that's a that's a classy way to put it this crystal ball of course he steals it as a human and krang finds out that he has it it's a and it's a turnstone it's called the turnstone which apparently is super powerful and krang then spends the rest of this run trying to get his his little tentacles on it right yeah it's basically the the eye of sarnoff yes thing all over again of course yeah, there's several pages here in this book where the turtles just aren't even there. Like, it literally tells the entire origin story of Leatherhead without even touching the turtles. Leatherhead adventures. I don't know if the turtles show up until, like, the 18th page of the book. <laughs> well, beside the beginning. Yeah, beside the very beginning. There's, like, a 17-page gap there. Let's see, what page is that? A seven. seven. Okay. Well, you know, they're there. There's, okay. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Bump into him on the street and he drops it. But the majority of this book is Leatherhead. Yeah. I mean, you barely even see him there, as it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bonkers. Which is cool. You know, two two issues, two brand new characters. Yeah. Both of which end up being Mighty Mutanals. Um, we have Mary Bones, a new character there, which turns you know turns out to be a much bigger deal as the run goes. And that's just kind of the... Th- I, I'm just going to say, that's the theme of these books, is let's introduce as many characters as we possibly can. Which will get toys. Yes, because I got a leatherhead toy. Somewhere. Yeah, there. I have. I have. Yeah, I have a leatherhead as well. At the end of that issue, we get the glorious introduction of one of my favorite TMNT adventure like things, and it's not even on. You don't even get to see it on the page. Yeah, I, Cuddly the Cowlick. Oh my god, Cuddly the Cowlick <laughs> is an interdimensional trans transportation device. That is employed by Stump Asteroid Wrestling Federation. Let's digest that sentence. On top of that, Cuddly the Cowlick is the disembodied head of a cow. A giant cow. Giant disembodied cow head. 
<laughs> we could do a whole episode on just cuddly the freaking cowlick. Still, I I never as a child I was like, what is this? I was like, turtles are weird. Yeah. But it's so I, so weird. I really kind of I kind of dig them. I really like I always wanted a cuddly action figure and we never got one. Like we got a turtle blimp. Why couldn't we get a giant cow head? I don't think many children would be clamoring to buy the cow head. I would have been. I'd have been like, "Mom, that's weird. We need that." Yeah. Would it come with slime? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. It w- it would be it would be clear and it would be as as it'd be gross like like saliva. Yeah. Because every time they get spit spit out of him, they make a comment. It's like, ugh, that's great, except for the slobber. Yeah. So, so yeah, Cuddly the cow, like, picks up the turtles. and like in the sewer. Like, but yes. you, don't, you don't see it. No. Just shows up. I was like, wait, I, how did he get... Uh, He's, he travels between dimensions. Oh, okay. So he can just show up wherever he's needed. He's the perfect plot device. He's there when you need him. The turtles and Leatherhead get taken to Stump Asteroid and basically forced to wrestle other mutant-like characters. Alien? Alien mutants? Alien mutants? Like, they were were, uh, anthropomorphized versions of animals. And... You know the stump asteroid characters are what? What are their names? Stump and Sling. Like the, they're basically just two Groots. <laughs> yeah, with, with money growing out of one of their heads and money in the well, stomach uh, or in the, in the yeah. chest cavity of the other. Yeah, yeah. And whenever great monetary ideas pop up, Sling sprouts money out of his hair. Yeah. Which is then, I'm assuming, transferred to Stump's belly for deposit. I have no idea. Like, it's so bizarre. Weird intergalactic banking. Yeah. And it's all based on, like, betting odds and wrestling. And it's so weird and cool. And when I think of the Archie run, this is the first issue I think of. Every time. Because it's so weird. But... The turtles get their wrestling costumes, which let's take a second to appreciate those. Raphael is wearing a skin tight head to toe symbiote suit. Symbiote suit that's just black. And I'm sure it is I'm sure it's inspired by the symbiote. Because this this would be around the times things would be inspired by the symbiote. Yeah. Yeah. Because that story was mid eighties, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo has this weird head crown thing. Makes him look like Shredder Jr. Yeah, with a with a yin yang on his chest. And looks like somebody's hubcap. Yeah, uh, Michelangelo has a full face like luchador mask thing. Luchador, luchador mask. I've watched too much Giant Bomb. Um, and Donatello has. Is that a ninja costume? I don't. It, it looks like he's wearing an apron. Yes. It's so, so wonderful. I love when the turtles wear weird stuff. I do, too. And wearing these costumes, they have to fight Cry and Hound and Ace Duck. 
Uh, you've thrown shade at Ace Duck in the past. <laughs> I was not prepared <laughs> for Duck Butt Cheeks. The Butt Cheeks return. First it was Turtle Butt Cheeks. Yeah. Now it's Duck Butt Cheeks. Yeah, with a little slit for his tail to come out. Ugh. His, his duck tail. Uh, woo. <laughs> um, uh. Hey, I like Ace Duck. And obviously, Leatherhead and the Ninja Turtles end up winning. Okay, yeah, long story short, Stump and Sling go broke. They give the turtles their weapons back and offer them Cuddly the Cowlick to get back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Cuddly barfs them up. <laughs> yes, Cuddly barfed up their, their, their weapons, and they Previous, get to go back to Earth. Previously sick in a couple of panels. He's like, I don't feel so good. Leatherhead, he opts to stay and fight as, as a wrestler for the Stump Asteroid Wrestling Federation. Cha-ching! We're not broke anymore. Yeah, and then boom, money pops up, which is such, love, such a weird... I love the look on their faces when, they, when they're broke. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> oh gosh. The coolest part of the end of this issue is when they get back to New York and Cuddly brings him brings them back to the wrong year. I wish they'd stayed there for a couple of issues. Oh, they do later. Ooh. Like it, later in the Archie run, there's a whole story arc in future New York underwater. I really liked that. Yeah. That was really, really it cool. was really cool. And Cuddly's like, oops, let me let me back this up some. And so he picks them back up and takes them to regular New York, but it's such a cool little, it, it kind of foreshadows where they end up going with the story. Yeah. But also is just another one of those nods to, if we don't fix things, we're going to be underwater in the next hundred years. Oh yeah. 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 Like it's, it's, it's just another conservation nudge. And as soon as they get back, they're thrown immediately into the plot of the next book. And that is the, uh, wingnut and screw loose introduction. I love that as well. Like, Wingnut is just is just flying around New York, breaking skylights with rocks. Just like, <laughs> just a um, <laughs> interplanetary vandal. Yeah, yeah. And 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 like we learned his backstory. We learned that that Krang destroyed his home planet, which was different from the cartoon, I believe. Was oh, he was in the cartoon, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a weird military. Hmm. Like using this military academy for kids as a front, and they're all dressed in like human clothing. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was really weird. Is Screwloose in it, or is it just Wingnut? Yeah, it's both of them. Both of them? Yeah. I, why don't I remember that at all? Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's a lot of episodes. That one I remember pretty pretty vividly. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But but we learn all about Wingnut. Where he came from, why, also, why he hates Krang. Also in a video game. Also in a video game. Yeah. He also ends up being one of the uh, Mighty Mutanimals. So we've already met three in the matter of like four comic books. <laughs> so like the Wingnut and Screwloose story is cool, but it's very, very quick. It's yeah. very... This is who he is. This is what's going on. Hey, this is how it ties into Krang. And I don't know if it's in this this this, this issue, but later, uh, Splinter is talking to the turtles, and Leonardo is visibly concerned. 
and Splinter's like, "What's wrong? What, what what's your big what's going? What is your concern?" And Leo was like, "I'm concerned about what Krang did to Wingnut and Screwloose's home planet. He destroyed it." Which means he's a, he's able to do that kind of thing. Which means he can do it to us. Which gave the gravity of these these issues, I think, a lot. Uh, just well made made the character much more of a, a, a you know a, a serious threat as opposed to being just this goofy idiot in the cartoons, which I would have liked to have seen more of. Yeah, he's he's still goofy. Yeah. And an idiot in this. Yeah, but like, what did you do? <laughs> you know, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, and they and they even they even uh, refer to Krang being a warlord later in these books. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, the end of the book. Cuddly shows back up, and he's like, "Sorry, dudes, <laughs> this whole wingnut business was my fault." <laughs> because apparently, him traveling through. Dimensions op- accidentally opened a dimensional doorway. Blah 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 blah. Let me pick that guy up. Stump needs him at the asteroid. Yeah. Okay. So it was a cool little way to introduce him and remove him from the from from being an issue until we need that character again. In this issue. In yeah. What <laughs> is this issue? <laughs> removed him from being an issue. In, in this, this issue. Okay. Issue. All right. I was like, what are you talking about, Jeff? <laughs> Can we talk about how useless the turtle blimp was in this? <laughs> yeah. Like, extremely useless? It's always useless, Jeff. The turtle blimp is a pointless endeavor. Raphael's just being more negative than he normally is. That's why I was down with some Raphael as a kid. Yeah. Because when he wasn't being a, 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 you know, a wisecracker, he was, he was dour and unhappy <laughs> with everything. Totally see it all now. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. Yep. Moving on to the next issue. <laughs> uh, this this one has a wonderful cover that we can have confirmed was done by Eastman and Laird, and it's the first issue. Not the first. It's the issue that has like the cover is an homage to the original Raph one shot. Mm-hmm. It's got Raph on one side and the chameleon from the episode on the other side. Not the chameleon, just chameleon. Chameleon. Yeah, Marvel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a stunning cover. It is. Yes. You then open the book and you immediately see Jim Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute. I didn't match the cover. Here's yet another book with yet another introduction of yet another character. And at this point the seams are kind of showing. You know? It's like, yeah. oh, okay, we're just going to introduce a new character every freaking book. Every book. Yeah. That's just how it's going to go. And outside of the turtles going through a lot of things, like going to Stump Asteroid, coming back, meeting all these new characters, we've learned nothing new about the turtles. We haven't. Nothing really important has happened to them. Like, all of their character traits are still intact, but there's been zero character development, which is weird for comic books. Yeah. Like in television, you can expect it, especially in the 80s. But in comic books, there is, you know, it, especially like Marvel and everything, was they were developing their characters significantly. Mm-hmm. 
So reading them, reading them back, it was a refreshing, like light read, but it was kind of disappointing that the turtles kind of took a back seat the entire time. Yeah. Cause like this guy, this chameleon guy, right? Originally a weird, it's been, a, it's been a couple days since I read this. Yeah. Originally a weird wop eyed looking guy. Yeah. He was, a, he was a chame- chameleon looking guy. Yeah, but I was like, this looks like a door-to-door salesman. Yeah, yeah. It's like, here, let me just, you know. He's got some kind of top-secret plans, and then... That's, okay, yes. You know. He's got some top-secret government plans that Krang wants, and so uh, Shredder kidnaps him and says, tell us where the plans are, I'm going to turn you into a giant chameleon. He's like, all right, they're over there. And he turned him into a command anyway. Yeah. Which is a... That's a shredder move. Yeah, he's like, and just threw him on his face. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I applaud the, the writers in, in that they found a new way to do it. Mm-hmm. They found a new way to make another mutant. But it's still just another... It's mutant, mutant of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the TV show used to be. Yeah. At times. There was a bit more action in... Was in, there in this? Well, was there like well, anything worth talking about? Well, there were guns being used. Bebop and Rocksteady have always used guns. Oh yeah, but you don't. You know, Leo has a nice uh, foot soldier slice, which yeah. I like very much. I think it's funny that they went out of their way to say, "Oh, these are robots." Yeah, it's like, duh, <laughs> we know that already. And they're using freaking shurikens in this, like. They barely even use that in the show. I do. I do like that. I do like that. That was. I was not expecting shurikens to be in this. Yeah, like Jim Lawson's art is so hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it looks really, especially in this run, it's almost like he was trying to mimic someone else's art style. Yeah, but he kept falling back on into his own mm-hmm. art style, and it just it it, it kind of fell apart here and there because if it, like. When I'm reading a comic that is Jim Lawson, I want it to just look like Jim Lawson. Right. I don't want him to be trying something else. I want it to just be committed to this is what this book looks like. And th- this one is, was just all kind of over the over the place. It was. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This next issue has two new characters. <laughs> <laughs> We're up to two now. Yeah. They're doubling down on this one. I think it was Scumbag and Worm. I think is what, what what they ended up being named. I don't even know if their names are mentioned in this book, but I know Scumbag had a an action figure because I owned it at one time. Oh wow! The Roach Man. I did not like roaches as a kid. Well, basically, as as I said, we get to see a weird side of Shredder and Krang during this run. In this issue, Shredder orders an exterminator to come and take care of his roach problem. Weird. Like, is he going to kill him afterwards because he knows the secret location? Well, I I don't know. Like, it's not like he said, come to my evil hideout. He was just like, hey, I got some, some roaches to kill. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, like, dealing with the everyday nature of being Shredder and being a bad guy, he still has to deal with roaches in New York. Yeah. Which makes sense. But, obviously, the roach exterminator guy gets mutated, just like everyone gets mutated, along with a giant, what was that, a... A tapeworm? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty disgusting. I'm pretty sure I had this issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
uh, growing up. Uh, I really like the cover of the issue. It it it's kind of miss it misrepresents what happens in the book. I was I was disappointed as a kid. Oh, there's no big fight. Yeah, that like yeah. on the cover they look like two giant kaiju. Kaiju is that he said? Yeah, that? that's it. Yeah, and it looks like they're you know attacking the turtles from as they're climbing over buildings. But no, it's just a fight inside the sewer, which is fine. Like it, like the, this issue actually looks really really good. It it really does, and we get yeah. a nice little recap of uh, what's been happening. Because you have to. Yeah. Like at this point, they're what five issues deep or four or five issues deep with an actual running ongoing story. And this is the one where Leo is um, concerned. Yes. Yes. This is also the issue that Raph decides just to wear the black costume, just to wear it just because, because he likes it. Yeah. Which is cool because he keeps it on for quite a while. Yeah. And at some point he's only wearing the bottom, bottom half, like, it, it becomes a thing. Like, him wearing this black costume is, is is quite a thing for a while. So the turtles end up fighting both Scumbag and Worm, or whatever they're called. Uh, and by the end of the fight, it's just Worm fighting Scumbag. And the turtles saying, what do we do? The way the issue ends is, the, the two bad guys just blow themselves up. They electrocute themselves, to, to and they disappear. Like, completely. That's a nice little touch. So we don't know what happens to Like these guys. giant monsters do, because yeah. they explode. You yeah. hit them hard enough, they will explode. <laughs> and I, I really do like the art a lot in this. Yes, but conveniently, the turtles end the issue in the sewers. Yeah. Uh, and immediately notice that there's a lot of rats hanging around. Wonder what that could lead to, Jeff. Disease? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, it leads to another Jim Lawson drawn issue. So with the introduction of all these rats, so naturally the Rat King is next. Another gorgeous cover. Yes. Like, they were killing it on pretty much every cover of this run. If you read back through that, like, when I read that that, that Rat King issue... It is the most squandered use of the Rat King I have ever seen. Ever. It is. They did nothing with him. We do have to address that that uh, Bebop and Rocksteady got kidnapped by aliens. Proper, freaky-looking... Yeah, like... Real-looking grays. Is that what they're usually called? Grays? Yeah. yeah. The- so, just aliens show up out of nowhere, which we find out later they're named the Sons of Silence. Sons of Silence. Uh, and they're working with Krang and Shredder, and it's... That, that's when it gets kind of weird. Right now, though, we have to deal with the Rat King. Was it weird with the cow? The giant cow you know, head? Well, I mean... <laughs> you know, touche. Hey, everybody. Right. Hey, this tear just fit inside my mouth. And we'll travel around. Uh, I don't want to. I got you. I got Not to mention, you. there's no seating in a giant cow's mouth. No, you're just kind of... Just in the dark, in the mushy, moist, yeah, gross. They never actually show you what it's like inside of there, except dark. I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't I don't want to. I don't want to know. He's just hollowed out where his teeth go. Oh, I know the teeth are seats. This... this. <laughs> hey, uh, where's the bathroom? Back by the fourth bicuspid. 
so the Rat King, they do nothing with the character whatsoever. Like the the issue is not even about him. He just he's just there at the beginning of the issue. I do love the look of him. He looks good, and this is the Rat King that they made the 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 uh, action figure at based have, on. I've got that. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Um, he. Do you recall how he was introduced in the cartoon? Didn't he kidnap April? That seems right. Yeah, I think that's. I think, I think that's a season three. I think if if so, we'll get to it soon. Yeah. yeah, it's. But yet another character that goes back to Ninja Turtle lore, like the Rat King was in Tales of the TMNT in the first, the first run of it. Mm-hmm. So this is just the Mirage team digging back into the archives and pulling out characters that they liked, which is cool. I like the Rat King. Yeah. I wish they'd done some more stuff with him, especially here, because halfway through the issue, they aren't even dealing with him anymore. They don't have to fight him. They don't have to kill a bunch of rats. They just kind of negotiate with him and walk by. Yeah, and like Leo being very proper and treating him like he's an actual like yeah royalty. He's pandering. He's just pandering so they can yeah. get where yeah. they need to go. But like you know, you know how you said. You know, there really isn't a whole lot of character, you know, growth or development. But in the cartoon, I don't think they ever mention that they're brothers. Okay. And they mention, you know, these are my brothers, but you know, so you know, it's a little, little thing, a little bit, a little bit. Um. Uh, they end up fighting this. They end up getting past the the Rat King and wandering in the sewers to see a what. what They've mentioned what they refer to as like a foot sentry. Oh, yeah. Th- this was after stumbling upon where the Sons of Silence found Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, it, it's really, really kind of it's getting convoluted a little bit. It's the foot predator. It's the foot predator. Is it, that's the I- easy way to put it. And they had to fight the foot predator. Predator, and they did. And how did they defeat him? Oh, uh, Mikey throws freaking shurikens. Into his eye sockets. That's right. <laughs> That's just so metal, man. That's great. <laughs> like, way to go, Mikey. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I love when he's fighting the turtles. And just look at Donatello. He looks like Kermit the Frog. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just side smack. And I'm like, that, oh, that's great. That's probably my favorite thing. In this whole issue, it's it's a weird issue. They go all over the place in this issue because they start with the Rat King, fight the Foot Century, and then they get kidnapped by the Sons of Silence. That's a pretty cool name. It is. That is a cool name. But they get kidnapped by him, and they are taken prisoner by they get t- taken prisoner by Shredder and the, and Krang. It then prompts a prologue where we see Mary Bones again, the same Mary Bones that turned Leatherhead into the the Gator that he is. Mary Bones sees the kidnapped turtles and decides to take action and says she's going to step in and become her real sorcerer self and transform into this exotic, like... Dancer? Dancer thing. Mm. Like, no. (laughs) Into this tall, exotic warrior. And she's blue. I had that issue, too. Yeah, another wonderful cover. And that gets us to the last issue we're going to cover, and that's number 12. 
turns out that the holder of the turnstone, Mary Bones, uh, is actually uh, Ch- Cherub. Cherub? It's I don't know how to pronounce her name because her name is never actually said aloud. Cherubé? Chernobyl? Cherubé. I mean, that sounds... I, I don't know. Cherubé. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Mikey looks I, happy. I always thought it was Cherubé. Cherubé? Cherubé. Yeah, Mikey looks happy to see her. Leo looks happy. I mean, just like, hey, it's a lady. So she has to go through her entire story of how she's tied to Krang, and she understands how much damage Krang could do with the Turnstone. They were both warlords, and they were kicked out of Dimension X because they were warlords. Just a whole bunch of backstory that is... It's insane that they came up with that just to figure out what's going on. It's... I mean, again, having not read these... Like, in order or, you know, whatever, just picking one up off the rack. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that. ooh, I like that. Just nice little touch there. Yeah, this, this issue 12 goes places. So, Cherube... Oh, yeah. Oh, is, yeah, is, def- that was- is, like, knocked out of the sky. The turnstone falls. All parties involved want to find the turnstone. That way... Krang either gets it or doesn't get it, depending on what party you're with. And the turtles are having to fight for it. The Sons of Silence are fighting uh, Cherube. It's all of this is like a, a, the climactic, almost the climactic ending of all of these, you know, stories together. Yeah, but it doesn't end after this issue. No, like we could have kept going. Like it's an ongoing story. Now, by the end of it, uh, Wingnut and Screwloose are back. Um, Cuddly the Cowlick brings back up. Krang reaches out to a... Weird... (laughs) Alien roach moth. An alien roach moth named Maligna, who actually turns out to be a main villain for a while. No, I don't think that's a moth. That's a oh it's god, it's like a bee, or yeah. I don't know what. It's like a that is very disgusting. Yes, yeah, she is. She's very disgusting, and there's a, actually there's a whole story very shortly after this, starring Maligna, uh, the Mighty Mutanimals, and Raphael. That is like a four issue mini three like a three issue mini series that is a precursor to the Mutanimals ongoing. So like Maligna's kind of a big deal. And she's she's like the queen of a hive of insect alien insect monsters. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. But her <laughs> character's cool. She's come back in she came back in the IDW series. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like they 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 cover all kinds of stuff in the IDW series. Is Cuddly back? No. Cuddly does. This is the only thing Cuddly's in. Can we go to IDW's Twitter and do hashtag Justice for Cuddly? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like if, if anything comes of this episode, I want it to be that. Yeah. Because I love this 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 eight eight issue run of of, of books that we just read. Yeah. It's. Advent- adventurous. I know that's, that says that's on the cover. Adventures, um, but it's them jumping from adventure to adventure, meeting new characters, and just—it's a fun read. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I, it, 
usually when I read comics, I read one and then I put it down. Then I read one and then I put it down. This one, I found myself reading like three in a row. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I got to go do it. This one, I, I read them very quickly back to back. And I kind of can't wait till we get to the next chunk of them. Yeah, I can't either. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. And, right. And this is really what I wanted to get to. But we we are going to do more episodes about TMNT Adventures because it's it's one of the more important phase one iterations of the Turtles. Mm-hmm. It ran for what? Seven, 62 issues. That seems like such a low number. No. Well, if you if you count all the specials and like um, yeah. spinoffs, because there there was the Mighty Mutanimals spinoff, then there was several three issue miniseries mm-hmm. uh, that happened. A- April had a couple of mini miniseries. I remember those. Uh, there with was a, a weird, with a weird fox thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a there was a Donatello and Leatherhead miniseries. I remember that one. Uh, Michelangelo and Murdude. Really don't remember that one. Yeah, it was it's it was a it went places. Speaking of the 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 Turtles Archie series, did you know that there was actually a Turtles Meet the Archies comic? No. Yeah. Yeah, if you remind me, we'll talk about it next time. I'll, I'll get you a copy of it to read because oh, wow. it's it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, we're we are spent. We are out of time. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, per mm-hmm. usual, right down in uh, past the Kroger's. Down the street from the Kroger. Yeah, in Brandon, Mississippi, yep. the Crossgates area. We do birthday parties, game tournaments like Smash Brothers, and hopefully some more upcoming uh, different variety mm-hmm. of tournaments. Yep. Um, you know, arcade cabinets. Uh, just got a whole bunch of new games for our Neo Geo cool um and not just like bootleg games we're talking like, like this is like legit like cartridge install a cartridge in the back of your arcade cabinet machine right yeah yeah that's cool um because anyone can set up just some bootleg machine and say we have 500 video games yeah on. anybody can do that but, but to have the actual old hardware is awesome it's it's really tough you know to get those cartridges but um uh but I'm I'm finding the you know the goodies, um, so it's, yeah. it's it's nice to have that option. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you guys gotta come. Please come check us out. Come on out to the Warp Zone. There's nothing to do in Brandon. We need a we we gotta get you a jingle. We do need a jingle. I'm gonna I'm gonna write you a jingle. Sweet. Uh, you can find me on Reality Breached. Reality Breach is where you find all of our podcasts. That's where Shellheads is. That's where the Rebreak podcast is. That's where the Jackson Spotlights are. Um, that's where Unapologetic Geek has all of his stuff. Uh, and also the Black Pocket podcast starring the one and only Robert Morris. Yeah. A uh, little bit of news. Uh, we are going to have a couple of panels at the Mississippi Comic Con next month. Uh, I believe that's the 23rd, 24th? June, late June. It's a weekend in late June. Google it. Google knows. Ask that. We're going to have a couple panels there. Uh, come by and see us. Um, we may talk about some shellhead stuff. We may not, but we'll definitely talk about some nerd stuff. Uh, and we, will, we would love to talk to you about Ninja Turtles. So come out. See us. Uh, and 
visit realitybreach.com to follow all of our podcasts. Uh, and what are we talking about next on Shellheads? On the next Shellheads. Oh, dear God. It, if it's not 2K3. Oh, it's here, baby. It's oh, here. yes. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Next up. I need a drink. Next up is the first half of the first season of the 2K3 Ninja Turtles. Oh, it seems like forever. And <laughs> this is going to be our first foray into Phase 2. Technically, we've touched Phase 3. Because we talked about Batman and Ninja Turtles. But that was an emergency podcast. That was an emergency co- podcast. So it yeah. kind of doesn't count, but it does count. Yeah. This is our first for- foray into Phase 2. It's going to be <laughs> wonderful. Phase 2, uh, to, 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 to give a quick overview, we'll probably do this again next episode. Um, phase 1 is everything before the Eastman buyout. Phase 2 is everything after the Eastman buyout, up until the sale the the sale the sale to Nickelodeon. Mm. So phase 2 is a very finite period there. But there was a lot of internal stuff and we're going to talk about a lot of it. Next time we dive into it for the first time, Jeff. Um I'm you have no idea how excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm like 50% expecting you to just bail on the entire podcast after we talk about 2K3. You're like, "Okay, I've I'm got good. my fix. I'm out. I'm out." <laughs> No, no, Sergio. I'm in it to win it. <laughs> All right. I'm Sergio. <laughs> I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.